Hello and welcome to page one, the Writers Podcast. I'm Marco. I'm Tarek. And wait, Tarek, who's this? Oh, who's that? it's Timmy. <laughs> <laughs> I've been released from the cupboard of dispatching page ones for a special appearance <laughs> on the page one podcast. Tim, Tim is, you may have heard if you've listened to the podcast before, we have referred to the boss in quotes. And Tim is that man. Or legend. I don't the myth. I don't think we've called you legend. Ah, the man, the legend. The I obviously, person. haven't listened to all of them yet. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, uh, Tarek. This is a one of a special series of episodes we've recorded at the Fringe with comedians to find out about their writing process for their stand-up shows, um, and we recorded these at a variety of venues across Edinburgh. So the sound quality does vary at times. We we sometimes recorded them at the venues themselves. But um, Tarek wasn't able to make all of the interviews, so Tim kindly agreed to step in. Interviewer extraordinaire. Yes, and I think, Tarek, you're out of a job. (laughs) I've been waiting 112 episodes for this day. (laughs) I'm finally free. (laughs) Well, you've not heard my ones yet, so we'll see see how that goes. We'll see how it goes with the listeners. But yeah, um, so uh, we will get uh, straight into these special episodes we're releasing uh, at least one a day this week. They're very short uh, episodes, but hopefully very interesting and funny, of course. And we'll play a quick advert for a writer's notebook and then we'll get straight into the interview. But for now, on with the podcast. See you later. The blank page. To some, it's terrifying, an obstacle to overcome. But we prefer to think of it as an opportunity, a blank canvas to be filled with all of the adventures and characters in our head. So how to overcome that fear? Well, we all know the best advice for a writer is write. Seriously, get words on the page and more will follow. But what about later, when you start trying to pull those threads of what you've written together? What about the character you wrote about way back at the start? Who was she again? What was she carrying? And where did she leave the MacGuffin that she now really needs in the third act? Think about all those top thrillers you like to read. Or that amazing drama you just watched. What did they all have in common? Structure and planning. As aspiring writers ourselves, we've tried many different methods to try and organise all the thoughts about the stories we want to tell. We've been there searching for a piece of scrap paper to note something down, or making a quick note on our phone in between meetings. Or sometimes we'll make a note in whatever notebook we're carrying, or a document on our laptop so we don't forget that great idea. Let's be honest, it can all be a bit messy and it's easy to lose track of everything. And that's when we realise it's not just a story that needs structure and planning, but the way we gather all of our thoughts about it as well. And so we made Page One. Page One is more than just another notebook. It's a place to put down all your ideas for your latest project, divided into easy-to-use sections that will help you plan your story, so that when that blank page comes calling, you're ready to answer. And then afterwards, once it's written, we realised you need to plan how to let people read it, so we included a section relating to submissions. Each one is designed for one project. Whether you want to write a book, screenplay, a comic or any other kind of story, we truly believe that when you use it, it will help you get to the main event, writing your story. So we hope this helps. We can't wait to read what you come up with. And remember, every story starts with page one. Hi. 
Hi and welcome to another special episode of Page One, the Writer's Podcast at the Fringe. I'm Marco. And I'm Tarek. And today we're joined by uh, the brilliant Sunil Patel. So, always, well, regularly we speak to authors and sort of screenwriters and things like that. And my question is always, did you always want to be a writer? So I suppose in your case, did you always want to be a comedian? Uh, I didn't always want to be a comedian. I think my, I think, <laughs> this is going to sound quite, ar- not arrogant, but a little bit entitled. Like during my 20s, I thought like, if I don't find a proper job that I'm good at, I'll have to do something in comedy. <laughs> and, I, and I didn't, I was just doing a series of like terrible, dead end, pointless jobs. And then when I hit uh, 29, um, the house share I was living in in London, a, um, hello, there's a dog. Oh, Random dog. <laughs> Did not expect that to go in. Looks like the Pleasance's dog. With the collar. Um, yeah, when I was 29, the house share I was living in, a stand up comedian moved into there. Oh, okay. And I just immediately was like, all right, he's mo- we've got to get him in, he's moving in. And that man was Lee Evans. That man was, <laughs> <laughs> was, was in the early 90s. Uh, no, it was, it was um, an Irish freestyle rapper called Abando Man. Oh, who, was it? Oh, was it actually? It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, it, it was through him that I realised that you don't, when you go and see comedy, People have prepared a routine. They haven't just wandered onto stage yeah. and yeah. done a new thing every time. And it was like, oh right, yeah. And then just started doing it after that. Basically, that was how I got into it. Awesome. Yeah. And am I right in saying I read something that you kind of you got interested in stand up through a Lee Evans VHS that you watched? Yeah. That was the first stand up I'd ever seen. Was a Lee Evans VHS I bought from HMV and Marble Arch. Uh, on a day trip to London because I was like I need to I need to get a souvenir I need to get a souvenir I've got 20 quid to spend and that's when VHS's were like 20, 20 quid yeah, yeah. and it was on a big display and I thought alright that'll do and it was mind blowing yeah it was incredible completely the opposite of what I do now uh, but it's just amazing to see yeah. Yeah. so you watched it and you thought that's what I wanted that was no, even then I was like, no, "This is nice." Like, I could never do. I this. might do that. Oh, that's that's, 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 that's the worst thing I could do. <laughs> I always thought, like, Wait, oh, I'll do something in comedy. Like, oh, I'll write a script or something. Yeah, or I'll yeah, do yeah. something like some sketches or something like yeah. that. Um, but that was like a, a pipe dream. That was like a, I would never have thought about doing some writing in my spare time as a hobby, which is probably the best way of starting mm-hmm. something like that. Uh, but yeah, stand up was the first thing I did in comedy, um, and that's how I sort of learned how to write. Through that, basically. cool. Yeah. And uh, you, you said that that when a band of man moved into your flat, you you realised that it was uh, it wasn't just a spontaneous thing. So, I mean, what is your writing routine? How do you get into it? Yeah, uh, it's changed a lot. Actually, the interesting thing is that Abando Man is a spontaneous thing. It's yeah. fully improvised. <laughs> it's a fully improvised show, whereas, like, yeah, normal, you know, normal stand-up, or, you know, what we see as stand-up is written and rehearsed. My writing process, it used to be... I, I still write a lot on paper, like, lots and lots and lots, and about 1% or 2% of that ever makes it onto me trying it out on a stage, yeah. let alone workable material. Yeah. So I think, like, but then I, I think I've slowly realised that's probably not the best way to do things. And I've, I think the better way is, like, just write about the stuff that you're thinking about and talking about with people a lot. And that, obviously, if you're thinking about it and talking about it a lot, is probably what really resonates with you yeah. and hopefully will be something that works with other people. So I think moving away from writing it down on paper all the time 
to more just talking it out. Try because stand-up's a, for me anyway is a conversational medium. It's not. Mm-hmm. I'm not a one-liner writer. I don't need to get yeah. the exact wording perfectly right. I need to get an idea across, and then go back and make sure I'm saying it in the best way. Yeah. And, and and how do you come up with the idea itself? Where does that start? Do you kind of do you approach it from the point of view of this is a topic I want to tackle, or is it, or do you just as a, as a punchline kind of come to you? Do you build around the end? Um, both, I think. Like I, I think the last show I did was in 2019 before this one was where I thought okay I want to do an entire show about because I never used to talk about race on stage at all I was never mentioned it and then I thought you know I'll do an hour about that and figure out through that what I actually think about things Yeah. and for that I would just write down sort of uh, maybe little topics or ideas I've had maybe just three or four words and then I'd go down to the library and I'd sit there with the bit of paper and be like, this one topic, I'll just sit here staring at this for 45 minutes and see if anything interesting can come up from me just mulling it over, basically. Yeah. And more often than not, it, not really. But when it did, it was like a really interesting thing that I hadn't heard before. Yeah. So I thought, okay, just the, spending time on it really worked then. But now with this show I've done now, I basically did, um, it's two things. So... In the pandemic, I, every morning I'd write five ideas. I'd write five ideas for uh, business, business ideas I could come up with. And eventually it was just kind of like me having fun with it. and just So I ended up writing jokes and funny stuff, which was just for me. It was just for me to find yeah. funny or yeah. interesting, just to keep, keep myself ticking over. And that stuff, weirdly, people like more <laughs> than, <laughs> than the stuff I thought that people would like. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Does yeah. that make sense? And and mix into that stories that I've told people in the past that I've never really said on stage because I I didn't think they were interesting. Right. Is that because there's something about when you write something that's like true or more yeah. authentic? Like yeah, it's, it's um I guess it's a little bit of like you're not trying to impress anyone if mm. you've just written it for yourself. Yeah, and it, yeah, it does come across as more authentic. I think it's just you being your purely honest self about what you find funny and just trying to communicate. Yeah. Yeah. And and when you're when you're building a show up, are you you know, are you testing jokes? Are you are you talking to other comedians about the jokes? Are you testing it in front of audiences? What, what are you doing? Uh, all of it. Just yeah. try it on everyone and everywhere. I think um, <clears throat> it's it's interesting talking to comedians. When you're trying out jokes on comedians, like they don't laugh. They kind of just like they're like, oh yeah, that works. Right. Okay. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They never. Very rarely. You're like, I, I, it'd be like, yeah, that'll work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah. It doesn't feel it like it's funny. Like it's gonna be funny. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's if it's um, uh, and obviously on, I, I, I tend not to try it out on my friends that aren't comedians. Okay. Because Why? I'm afraid if they don't like it. <laughs> I don't know. It's a lot of it, and I think maybe a bad habit of mine is trying to impress comedians more than anything else. But uh, yeah, lots of different ways. Just every every any which way I can to try and get it out. Because I suppose also the the when you're testing stuff, you know, you've you've, you've got your pals maybe run a table, have a coffee. It's very yeah. different than in a comedy club. Yeah. We've been drinking, and it's yeah, people are in the mood to yeah. the one they want to laugh. You know, Absolutely, so. yeah. And then it's another game doing it in the Edinburgh Festival where people are sober at two p.m. in the afternoon <laughs> right. yeah. and have seen three shows already, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and they're trying to get off to the next one. Yeah. So I think the most the best advice I've heard about 
not the, the best, but one of the best pieces of advice I've heard is uh, an American comedian. I'm going to forget his name. He's like, as, as long as you're interesting, then just just at least try and be interesting, because yeah. that will keep people's attention, even if they don't find a bit that funny. They'll want to yeah. know. They want to yeah, hear yeah, more. Yeah, as long as they're not bored. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, to be compelling sense. and interesting yeah. as an act. So yeah, that's kind of it. And and what's when you're when it comes to the joke itself, you know, what do you, what, what's more important to you? Is it the setup or is it the punchline? And, 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 and what do you, do you kind of have one in your head to, to aim for when you're on stage? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's usually like, you know where the runway is, you just got to land there. Yeah. Okay. And then often you'll just swerve off in the wrong direction. <laughs> but as long as you know where all the runways are. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it is. But then obviously that's, that's where I fall down as an actor is that I don't have that precision that a lot of comedians have where they know exactly how to say it exactly which words and that's where for me the actual like the labour and the work of it comes in is like making sure you, you, you do it right every time yeah. and do the writing justice because otherwise it's all you know, wasting everyone's time and it, does it you know you're on at Fringe over Fringe is on for nearly a month and does it become difficult to do the same thing over and over again or do you vary it up every night or uh, it, no variation right okay. <laughs> uh, no there is variation in the sense that like, you'll obviously try and improve things over yeah, and over yeah, yeah. or you'll respond to things happening in the room uh, but apart from that no not really I mean not really varying things up could get bored of it you occasionally can get into a state where you're doing it just completely dead behind the eyes yeah but uh, I think if I was doing a pure hour of just talking with no standing stock still and talking, yeah. then I might switch off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I try and do things, especially this year where I'm moving around. I've got to hit certain cues. I've got to be in a certain place to say a certain thing. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it depends how you how I perform anyway. Um, but, yeah, Dead Behind the Eyes is certainly a, it's a danger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Especially because I started doing this show in Edinburgh here last year and I've been doing a lot of that material for, for the last year yeah, trying to yeah. get it right so yeah it's what the Covid lockdown has been let harder you know much less yeah. shows so yeah, yeah, much more exactly. time spent in your own head with the same line stuff exactly and, yeah, and, yeah. Um, um, what about hecklers what's your approach you know, do you have lines do you, do you write lines to, to use stock phrases or do you kind of just mm, ad lib it no just ad lib it I think um, me it depends on what your persona is on stage me calling someone a cunt probably won't sound that great <laughs> you know I mean? whereas some people it's perfect for the persona yeah. Yeah, whereas yeah. if I just like deflect it or play it off and just be like well that was strange then it, you know you yeah, yeah, get, yeah, let's yeah. get people back on track yeah um, heckling at the fringe isn't really a thing if you're doing your show uh, especially yeah. not mine if it's in the afternoon occasionally people will get excited and shout stuff out yeah, yeah. In which case, you just sort of try and integrate it into right what you're on. saying and then move yeah. on and, yeah, just like, not encourage it, but like, welcome it and then stop. Yeah, yeah, totally. yeah. Thank you, but stop. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, well, you're at, the, you're at the festival this year. Do you want to tell us a bit about your show? Uh, yeah, it's, well, it's called Faster Horses. So it was, as I said, it's based on like hundreds of business ideas I wrote when I thought my career was over. And, then we talk about all the... I've had about 40-odd jobs in my life, and I talk about a lot of those stuff like... Um, <laughs> stuff that went pretty badly. Talk about the first business I had that went under pretty badly. Uh, talk about... I did a, I went to El Salvador because I got into crypto this year. 
uh, created my own cryptocurrency, almost went to jail for that uh, <laughs> because I missold it fraudulently. Uh, lots of like various little things. When I, I talk about when I used to be um, an assistant for somebody who did pranks on people and filmed them. Uh, I, I just talking about my <laughs> just talking about my mad job history, and it's sort of like open to the audience a bit where they can vote on my business, business ideas I came up with. Yeah. Is, uh, it, is it quite a cathartic thing? It sounds like you know, <laughs> you know like you go yeah. on this like on these field jobs, etc. And, and, and it could be quite a it could, could affect you quite badly negatively. But <laughs> I see, you, right? Yeah, I mean, if if they think my ideas are bad, I, I agree. <laughs> they, are, they are bad. They were, they, but they were written in order to amuse me, and um, I think. It's just really fun, and it's, it's basically stuff I've never really talked about on stage, which would have happened to me over my life because I didn't, um, I just never thought people would be interested. Yeah. And then starting to tell it on stage, people are like, "Yeah, they were, they liked it, they found it funny." And it's probably the most honest show I've done because it's like stuff that actually happened. Yeah. You know, it's not. Um, but yeah, it should be interesting. I, I, hopefully, people enjoy it. And, and one question that always I wonder about with stand-ups, yeah, as someone that would affect me with is, is the fear like that first time you decided that I'm going to go out and do stand up I mean was there a lot of fear there before you got into oh yeah it's like an out of body experience yeah. I thought yeah. I died yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did it and I remember like having the sensation of my 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 mouth speaking but I just wasn't paying attention to what yeah. was happening yeah. I just rehearsed it to death did it came off felt more adrenaline than I ever have in my life yeah and then got a bus home, which is the life, isn't it? A forty-five minute bus home, and then I just like just wandering the streets, like walking around the block over and over again. And it's like, is that the yeah. is that the reason? You know, a lot of people talk about how the, the nerves going in are yeah. bad, and the rush coming out is amazing. Yeah. Is that for you? Is that the draw to stand? Um, no real rush anymore. Completely like yeah. It's not so much, but now it's more like what just knowing what you're capable of and what, yeah. what you can yeah. do next and like push yourself in a certain way that you've not done before it's more just like personal development almost yeah. isn't it it's yeah. almost like it's not therapy for me but it's certainly like it's good to know that you can do more and more the more better you get at something yeah. and that's all really anyone wants I think just getting better at something and, and you talked about uh, the persona and stuff like that which obviously you're up there you're you but there a lot of comedians talk about this persona on stage as opposed to yeah. real them as it were does that is that a sort of shield almost does it let you say things that you might otherwise not say so, I mean I think um, sometimes I suppose it's different with different people I think if you're up on a stage you, I think you're already allowed to say more than the average person yeah. Would say yeah. because it's your you know you've got a microphone yeah. So you've got the context of it being comedy, so people have an idea of it being like stuff you shouldn't be saying around yeah. the dinner table at home. But the persona thing, persona thing is really useful because it allows people to understand what you're going to be joking about and in what way. Yeah. So yeah. you can, okay, yeah. if you come and go, Ugh, all right, and then like, okay, this guy's down, and yeah. then you can do jokes about how your wife hates you, <laughs> and people will get it. If I if I went on all cheery, my wife fucking hates me. It doesn't work. The persona doesn't. Work. It, it it just signals what you're about to do yeah. and it makes it easier for people to know when to laugh and what about folk who are listening who you know this is their Lee Evans VHS moment yeah. <laughs> they listen to this episode and they think yeah. eh, that's 
if all else fails, that's what I'll do. You know, what, yeah. what would you? What's your recommendation for starting out to start? Come yeah. Um, I, I like. I always used to look for uh, advice so much when I started. I was like, I, I you know, I'd, I'd wait wait for feedback from people, and I think yeah. the best comedians, the most professional ones, wouldn't give any because they eventually you get to a point where you realize you would know absolutely nothing and the stuff you do know is purely relevant to you yeah, yeah. and I think the best thing you can do is just start and learn for yourself and don't listen to anyone else anyone else's advice because they're living in a different mind to you they're, they're yeah. going to perform in a different way yeah I think the most joy you get out of doing anything is just to figure it out yourself yeah. you feel a bit more secure in what you're doing I, think. I mean I, I definitely imagine from somebody who's not a stand-up the, yeah. the hardest thing I would find would be as you said the fear of just going out and speaking and I think once you get to go over that yeah. part of it yeah I'm not saying it would become easier but more, it would become easier I think, because then you'd be you'd focus more on what type of comedy you want to say and not yeah. be so stressed about standing up in the room with but, but equally I think if you start thinking about that you don't let yourself naturally do that yeah. thing that you want to okay. and then you start analysing it and I think um, so maybe the best advice I would have got at the beginning was someone saying just have fun mm. but at that stage you're like how the fuck am I supposed to do that? <laughs> I'm actually shitting it out of here you can't tell me that and then you, 10 years later you're like oh yeah you just you just got to have fun with yeah, exactly. you've just got to enjoy <laughs> so, yeah. so uh, for those listening where and when is your show on? Uh, it's a 1.55pm at uh, Monkey Barrel 1 uh, every day except the 8th of August so yeah Excellent. Awesome. 1.55 p.m. Why not 2 o'clock? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Scheduling issues. <laughs> lunch before or after that? I, I think I personally have lunch before it. So yeah. join me for lunch, lunch before, before it. it. I, I would have thought you'd be no nerves. 12 o'clock lunch. 12 and then I've got two per, hours. Perfect time. Exactly. Time to yeah. digest, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, last, last question. Worst and best heckle you've had? Oh, God. Uh, I don't get heckled that much, and if it, it, oh, it's nice. not not in a not in a, I don't mean that because because I'm so bloody good. <laughs> I mean in general, people are like heckles aren't that good these days. They're not like they yeah. used to be, where people come up with really interesting ones. Where the worst heckle is just when someone's mumbling something. Yeah, yeah. And you That's go, what was that? And then they just disappear. Yeah. And then you've just broken the flow. Of Everyone's stuff. a vibe of the show. You've yeah. got no one to shout at if you, if you could anyway. <laughs> uh, best heckle. I mean, you can't give them the credit for that, can you? <laughs> Best heckle. No, I, I don't really get good heckles. I get, like, sometimes people suggesting jokes that are better than mine. Oh, that's, and that's happened that's once, that and it's like, it's fucking crushed me, man. Then I wrote it down, and now it's in the show. <laughs> Thank you.